Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Holly's Secret by Trionix Hey Billy, how was your Valentine's Day? I hate Valentine's Day. Why do you say that? I just do. Come here to mommy and tell me about it. What happened? We had to make hearts out of red paper and write on them and put them in everybody's bag. Miss Smith gave us the bags. And? We went around and put em in the bags but when Susie came to my desk, she looked at me but didn't give me a Valentine. Are you sure she didn't just forget? No. She looked right at me and stuck out her tongue and didn't put one in my bag. That wasn't very nice of her. Did you make her mad or something? She never talks to me. She won't play with me at recess. Well, honey, sometimes people aren't very nice and we never know why. How about some Valentine's candy? Here, take three of these little hearts and go play with your toy soldiers. We'll have dinner after daddy gets home, if he gets home, okay? I guess. Five years later. All right, everybody, the weather's awful outside and we can't have pee in this weather. Cool. Let's do dodgeball, shouted one of the sixth graders. No, today will be something special. Since it's Valentine's Day, Mr. Anderson and I are going to teach you how to dance. Ah, no. Do we have to? That's no fun. Yes, you have to. We are going to teach you one of the simplest dances out there, the waltz. Now listen to the basic beat. 123.123. Got it? Now listen to this music. Hear the same beat? Yes? Easy, isn't it? Now we're going to teach you the steps which go with the music. Line up girls over here and boys there. Okay, pair off. First girl with the first boy and on down the line. A few seconds later a voice of protest was heard from the rear of the room. Yes, Sue, what is it? Do I have to dance with Billy? It's Bill. I don't care what your name is, stupid. Miss Thompson, I don't want to dance with Billy. Yes, Sue, you have to. I don't want his hands on me. I don't know what he's been doing with them. He probably doesn't wash them after the bathroom. I do, too. You're icky. And you're A.B. Language, Bill, watch your language. The teacher interrupted. Miss Thompson, I'm leaving. If she doesn't want to dance with me, then she can dance with someone else. Bill, you don't get a choice in this. You stay right there. No, ma'am. Then you take yourself to Vice Principal Wilson's office. He'll decide your punishment. Fine. She's the rude one and I get detention. Since I'm getting detention, then I'm gonna say it. Sue, you're nothing but a bitch. Bill! Screamed Ms. Thompson as he slammed the door closed behind him. Six years later. Okay, seniors and juniors, listen up. Crackled the intercom during homeroom. The junior-slash-senior Valentine's dance will be held next Friday here in the gym. We've got a live band called the Central City Cuties and it should be fun. 
Be sure to get your tickets from your student rep by next Tuesday. Bill looked around thinking about who he'd invite. His eyes landed on Sue. She was a good-looking girl even though she wore glasses. He liked her long, wavy hair which hung down to her waist, her great figure and cute smile. He couldn't keep his eyes off her when she went outside at P or when she led cheers at the games. He knew she was way out of his league and even though she had been rude to him in the past, he wondered if he should ask her. He had heard the rumor she'd broken up with her boyfriend. Once homeroom was over, he got to the door right as she did. He surprised himself by suddenly turning to her. Hey, uh, Sue, I hear you may not have a date to the Valentine's dance. Care to go with me? She looked at him with a barely hidden grimace. You, Bill? You're inviting me to the dance? Yeah, thought it'd be fun. Now why would I want to be seen with you? Your dad ditched you, your mom's a drunk and you have to work as a bagger at low-cost smart. You can't even get a real job at a regular store. What's that got to do with? Nah, it's not gonna be happening. I'd rather watch my fingernail polish dry than go to the dance with you. Without saying anything, he turned away quickly hoping no one saw him get shot down. Still a bitch, he muttered to himself. Sue was right. His home life sucked. His dad had disappeared, probably with his secretary, years before and his mom turned to the bottle. If not for his neighbor Dan and his wife Louise, Bill would probably have been in a gang or sleeping on the streets. As it was, he did well in school and already had a full-ride scholarship to the university. On his way home, he decided to skip the Valentine's dance altogether. There was no sense in exposing himself to more ridicule, was there? Graduation was only three short months away and he couldn't wait until he was done with school and could go off to college in the fall. There he was sure he would meet plenty of new friends and be able to forget the misery of his childhood and mean girls like Sue. And once he left his hometown, he swore he would never ever visit or even talk about it again. Ten years later. Hey Alex, coming to the party with us tonight? Asked Trevor. Party? Yeah, dummy, Valentine's party at the canteen. Half-price drinks until eight. Should be a lot of babes there for a confirmed bachelor like you to play around with. Ah, uh, probably not. Valentine's isn't my thing. Valentine's is everybody's thing. Come on. Nah, I'd rather not. I'm actually anti-Valentine's Day. I sense a story behind that. What, someone dump you then? No, it just doesn't bring back good memories. Okay, so you hate the theme but at least come with Kyle and me and be our wingman, please? You'll owe me big. Name your price. I've already promised my firstborn to someone else. He laughed. How about a week at your family's cabin? Sold. I'll set it up. But who will you take with you? Maybe I'll go for a week of solitude just to get away from this pit of a city. Whatever, man, I'll set it up with my folks and the place is yours, at least until the summer rush. Now, let's get out of here. The babes are waiting. Kyle, Trevor and Alex could hear music and laughter from over a block away. In front of the canteen's door was a line of people waiting to get in. Alex mused at how cold some of the women must have been wearing their short dresses in the sub-freezing temperatures. He was cold enough himself. Shit, Trev, it's colder than all get out. I'm not waiting here freezing my butt off. Alex, we had a deal. You gotta stay. Let me go and talk with the door guy and see what the wait is. Reluctantly, Alex stood there with Kyle while Trevor went to the front of the line. A few seconds later, it was as if the gates were opened and the line surged forward. Right as they got to the door, Trevor told them the doorman had been doing a headcount to make sure they didn't violate the fire code. We're golden. 
They'll let in another ten or so and after that they'll let in people only when someone leaves. Inside, technopop music was blasting from all the speakers as the DJ tried to create a frenzy of enthusiasm with the clientele. Bodies gyrated on the packed dance floor, strobe lights flashed, and most of the people seemed to be having a great time. Trevor led them through the crowd until he spotted a large table with only half the seats occupied. He leaned over one of the women at the table and spoke in her ear. She smiled and nodded, pointing to the empty seats. She says we can sit here. You guys grab your chairs and I'll get us a pitcher. Alex sat down next to a cute blonde with short, curly hair. It was short on the sides leaving a mop of curls on top and exposing a remarkably attractive neck. Who knew necks could be so sexy? He mused silently. After he had glanced at her a few times, she turned to him. I'm Holly. You. Alex. You don't look too excited to be here. Nah, not my thing. What? The noise, the dancing, Valentine's? What? Actually, all three but mainly Valentine's. That's too bad. Uh, why'd you even come? I was talked into it. Trevor, the guy going for the suds, wanted a wingman. I don't get why you guys need wingmen. Just put yourselves out there and see what'll happen. Yeah, I guess. Hey, wanna have some fun? Let's you and me dance right away and make them realize their wingman hit it off first. Look, you don't have to do that. Maybe I want to. Come on. She grabbed him by the hand and half-dragged him to the packed dance floor. Once there, she let his hand go and started to gyrate in time with the music in front of him. He marveled at how attractive she was. Her Lucille Ball hairdo was kind of retro but it exposed her remarkably attractive neck. She had blue eyes and a cute dimpled smile. Although her clothes were fairly bulky, he could tell she probably had a decent figure. He was able to dance with her without totally embarrassing himself, and when the music slowed, she reached out to him. They came together holding each other loosely in their arms, and though they were closer, the music was still too loud to talk. At the end of the slow tune, she took his hand and led him back to the table. There Trevor and Kyle were talking to the other two women. Trevor looked up at Alex with a small told-you-so grin before he turned his attention back to the conversation. Holly, turning her back on her friends, looked Alex in the eye. Now you and I can get to know each other, okay? Yeah, I guess. So, here's my elevator intro. Elevator intro? Yeah, I tell you everything important in the time it takes the elevator to get to the first stop. Has to be quick. Okay, shoot. Like I said, I'm Holly, 28 years old, single, grew up in the Midwest, studied systems analysis at Geyser College and now work with Friedman Analytics. Ding! Ding? What was that for? The elevator is stopping on the third floor. Oh, you silly. She laughed. Now it's your turn. Nope, you got out of the elevator, and I'm headed up to the fifth floor. Come on, play along with me on this. Okay, Alex, also single, also 28, also a product of the Midwest, went to downstate you in computer engineering and work for a tiny startup. So, some common things, eh? Hey, Holly, shouted one of the other two women. Quit ignoring us and join the conversation. For the next hour or so the six of them sat talking, drinking laughing and having a good time. When the women made motions to leave, Trevor was able to get the phone number of the black-haired beauty he was sitting next to. Alex merely told Holly goodnight and didn't seem to pick up on her slightly disappointed frown. He was getting tired and soon excused himself to the teasing of his buddies. After grabbing a gig ride home, he crashed into bed knowing morning was coming soon and he had an early mandatory conference at work. As he was drifting off to sleep, he thought about Holly and how cute and friendly she was. 
Damn it, should have gotten her number, he berated himself. Oh well, yet another fucked up Valentine's Day. Alex was surprised to get a call from Trevor the following week. Hello? Alex, my man, have I got news for you? Yeah? Chrissy, the lady I got the number from, and I went out last night. And that's news how? You get lucky or something? Well, now that you mention it, no, I didn't get lucky, but that's not the news. Whoa, let me sit down. Mr. Love M and Leave M didn't get lucky. But that is news. Yeah, maybe, but Chrissy is a class act. I'm thinking she might be worth waiting for. No. You can't be serious. Do I hear wedding bells? No, shitface, but she's nice, really nice, and I think I might want to invest some time in her. Anyway, that's not the news. Okay, I'll bite. What's the news? It seems the little curly-haired blonde liked you and was a little put out you didn't ask her out. This Chrissy tell you that? Uh-huh. What are you gonna do about it? Since I don't know how to get a hold of her, nothing. Ah, but I do. I happen to have her number courtesy of Chrissy. I was instructed to give it to you. Look, uh, thanks but no thanks. I can do my own thing just fine. Bullshit. You dropped the ball big time, bro. I can save your ass and maybe you can get some, too. And if I don't take the number, I'll lose out on Chrissy. I practically promised her, no, I did promise her you'd call her BFF for a date. And if you don't, I'll be pissed cause it'll mean I might lose out on my raven-haired beauty. And I might renege on the cabin. You know, that's blackmail, pure and simple. Aha, uh-huh, it is and I'll freely admit it. Look, take the number, give her a call and take her out at least once. If you do, I'm sure I'll make serious headway with Chrissy. Okay? Oh, all right. Alex answered while silently smiling. I've got the number, he thought gleefully. Two nights later he drank a stiff slug of scotch and dialed Holly's number. Hello? Hi, Alex here. Is this Holly? Yes. Hi, Alex. What's up? I'm calling to confess two things. Two? Yeah. First, I'm confessing I regretted not asking for your number on Valentine's. And the second? Trevor made me promise to call you so he'd have a chance with Chrissy, but after he gave me your number, I confess I was doing some fist pumps. So you're calling me because you want to, right? Yeah, but I'd never admit it to Trevor. He never let me hear the end of it. Well, we've established your calling because you want to. What do you want to talk about? Getting together? Interested? Maybe. What did you have in mind? How about we go someplace we can get to know each other without our eardrums being assaulted? Stefano's is nice and quiet. Ever been there? No, but I hear it is nice. When were you thinking? Up to you. Weeknight or weekend is fine by me. I doubt we'd be out too late. How about tomorrow? I can meet you there around seven. Okay? Yeah, great. Sure you don't want me to pick you up? No, I'll take a gig ride there and that way if you piss me off, I won't have to rely on you getting me home. She laughed. I'll do my best to avoid it. He laughed with her. So, seven at Stefano's. Looking forward to it. Me too. Alex was about ten minutes early wanting to be there for when she arrived. A prior girlfriend of his had told him how nerve-wracking and embarrassing it is for a woman to be alone at a restaurant or bar waiting for a guy so he wanted to be there to greet her. A few minutes before seven a small sedan pulled up, the door opened, and out climbed Holly. 
Her curly hair gave her an almost pixie-like look but he knew from his conversation with her she was all woman, all grown up. Her beautiful legs certainly let the world know she was all grown up as well. She came up to him and accepted a tiny side hug. Hi there. Been waiting long? Nope, just a couple of minutes. Place looks fancy. Yeah, but it's worth it. Stefano took this old mansion and converted it to a wonderful, relaxing place to sit and talk, have snacks and drinks. Hope you like classical music. I do. Why? It's all he allows on the sound system. Great. Let's. Inside they were ushered to a room which could well have been a bedroom in the past. There were three small seating arrangements, all of which were empty. They chose a couple of comfortable chairs beside a small table. The usher took her coat, handed them a menu of their specialty cocktails and snacks, and told them their waitress would be in soon. Pretty nice, so far. She smiled. You come here often? Oh, every few months, maybe. I like coming on slow weeknights to relax, maybe read a little and enjoy the music and the atmosphere. Nice way to dodge the real question. Been here with a woman before? She teased. Once, no, twice, I guess. First one was a dud. Hated classical music. Turned out she was into some pretty weird stuff so I consider Stefano's to have saved me time and money in the long run. And the other? You trying to get my dating history? He chuckled. Yeah, then I'll give you mine. Fair enough? Sure. The other one was a nice lady from work, that is she was here from an investment firm looking to buy our startup. My boss was thinking of selling and wanted me to wine and dine her a little. How'd the evening turn out? Was pretty boring. All she wanted to do was talk money and computers. I dropped her off at her hotel and three days later we were told her venture capital firm dropped us. Turns out my boss was tickled. He didn't like her at all. So you continue to dodge the big question about your past love life but that's okay. I'll get it out of you soon enough. She laughed. As he laughed with her, Alex decided to turn the tables. Well, what about you? Any skeletons in your dating closet? A few, but I've been pretty selective. Honestly, I'm not into casual hookups and that seems to be a limiting factor for a woman's social life nowadays. You know, I'm kinda glad to hear it. I personally much prefer to get to know someone before taking that big step. But, he grinned at her, you've avoided the question altogether. Okay. Serious boyfriends? I've had three, all since high school. You? Three, no, three and a half for me. And how do you have half a girlfriend? I thought she was my girlfriend, but it turns out I was only one of two she was seeing at the same time. Ouch. That sucks. Yeah, tell me about it. She was the most recent one and is part of the reason why I'm pretty cautious when it comes to women. So cautious you won't even ask for a phone number. She laughed. Yeah, maybe. But I did kick myself when I got home that night. Luckily Chrissy and Trevor came to my rescue. Maybe to mine as well. Uh, folks, I'm Melissa and will be your server tonight. Have you had a chance to look at the menus? Oh, sorry, Melissa. No, we haven't. We've been too busy chatting. Give us two minutes, okay? They each decided on wine and agreed to split a bottle of Chardonnay and two small plates of appies. After they were served, they toasted silently before digging into the food. At a pause between bites, Alex asked, What is a systems analyst, anyway, and how did you get into the field? At Geyser they emphasized engineering and I realized fairly quickly I didn't have the desire or interest in all the required math. My career counselor suggested I look into essay. I enjoyed it and made it my major. 
So, basically our job is to look at systems, you know, like a big factory, and figure out how to make things work better, flow smoother. Sounds like the CEO might want to squeeze more work out of fewer people, if you asked me. That's a legitimate thought, but usually people are far happier if they can be more productive and not waste so much time. Ah, uh, let me give you an example. Say a factory worker has to walk 25 steps between task A and task B and has to do it three times an hour. It's around 1,200 wasted steps a day. And you just told me you weren't too keen on math. He chuckled. I can do simple math. It was all the fancy calculus and differential equations which threw me. Anyway, if we can figure out ways to make the worker's life smoother and more efficient and spread it out through the entire organization, some amazing things can happen. Sorry, did I bore you with all this? No, not at all. It makes my life look dull in comparison. I sit in front of a computer most of the day and try to come up with coding which will help the company's products. What are you working on now? Sorry if I told you, I'd have to kill you and honestly, I'd like to avoid it if I could. Oh, why? You seem to be an interesting lady. Plus, I don't want to be sent up for manslaughter. Uh, what do you do for fun? Swimming a little jogging and I volunteer at a homeless shelter trying to give the kids some idea what they might be able to do if they keep in school. I tutor them and am an unofficial counselor and friendly shoulder to cry on. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it's my way to give back to the world. Oh? What did the world do to you? Nothing. It's what I did to the world when I was younger. The smile she wore earlier vanished from her face and he could tell there might be the beginnings of a tear in her eye. Uh, well, it sounds like you're doing a fantastic thing with the kids. Maybe someday you could take me with you and I could. Would you? That'd be great. The smile returned as she wiped the corner of her eye. You might have a better rapport with some of the boys. A lot of them have no fathers and they could use a normal guy as a model. As in boring? No. She laughed. Well, maybe a tiny bit. I mean, computer geeks don't exactly excite kids, you know. Thanks for the vote of confidence. He pouted with a small grin. Oh, you're not boring. Look, I've not yawned once since we sat down. She giggled. Their conversation moved on to many other topics, and Alex found himself hanging on to her every word. She was fascinating, vivacious, and definitely attractive. Her thin neck struck and he found himself wondering what it would taste like when he kissed it. Once she had given her coat to the usher, he realized she had a nice figure. Her legs he had seen when she got out of the car but there in the subdued lighting of the room. He could tell she had nice breasts and full hips to go with them. And despite her exercising, she wasn't emaciated. Her pleasing curves were oh so feminine and oh so attractive. After nearly two hours, they became aware the place had nearly emptied out. After paying the tab with an extra generous tip for the time they'd spent there, Alex escorted her to the front where she logged on for her gig ride home. Alex, this has been a wonderful evening. I don't think I've had so much fun in a long time. Yeah, definitely. Now this is where the nervous and boring guy asks if she would like to get together again. Oh, you're not boring. Well, not much anyway. She giggled as he reached over to tickle her ribs. And yes, I would love to get together again. Okay, great. I'll give you a call in a couple of days. See, you're so old-fashioned. Haven't you heard of texting? Yes, but what if I want to hear your voice? Ah, that's so sweet. Oops, here's my ride. Thanks, Alex, for a wonderful evening. She reached up and kissed him quickly on the cheek before turning to her ride. A silly grin was plastered on his face as he turned towards the parking lot next door. Hey, nice lady you got there. 
Alex turned to the doorman with the grin still on his face. I don't have her yet, but I hope that changes soon. Good luck. The next day he called Trevor to report on the successful date. Now you're good to go with Chrissy. You fool, Chrissy and I would have been good either way. He laughed. I pretended to blackmail you so you'd get off your fat ass and get out there. I'm glad it worked. She nice? Oh yeah, definitely. Going to go out again pretty soon. Good, glad for you. Hello? Hey, Holly, it's me. Alex. Hi. What's up? I recall having had a wonderful evening recently and wanted to know if you would be interested in a real dinner and not just appies and drinks. That sounds nice. Any place with dancing? You see, I was out at a Valentine's bash recently and danced with this guy and I thought I'd like to do some again. Hmm, dancing, huh? Sure, let me look into it and I'll get back to you. This Saturday, okay? Sure. Alex tracked down a small Asian fusion restaurant which featured live music and dancing on the weekend. Holly approved and agreed to let him pick her up. Hey, Alex. Hi. Ready? Yep. Let me get my coat. The sidewalk was slick with ice and they gingerly walked to the car with her holding onto his arm. Once in the car, they warmed up with the heater going full blast and the drive to the destination was fairly short. The valet took his keys and Alex took her hand to lead her into the restaurant. Once they were seated, he felt himself relax, a sure sign he was going to enjoy the evening. The meal and the wine were superb. Before the dessert was served, she dragged him to the dance floor where there were two other couples. The music was slow and sensuous causing her to nestle up into his arms. She felt great. She was slightly taller than average, and he didn't feel the need to bend over when he wanted to say anything. After dessert they danced some more, had a cup of decaf espresso and talked, getting to know each other more, that is until he brought up a particular subject. So, Holly, you said you grew up in the Midwest. Whereabouts? Uh, well, you see, I had some difficulties growing up and I've left the area. I kinda turned over a new leaf and have remade myself into a better person. I've pretty much suppressed much of my past, and I tried to not discuss it at all. Oh? Yeah, it's embarrassing, really, and if it's all the same to you, I'd rather not talk about the details. What about your parents? They've left also. They're on a three-year, round-the-world journey. There were so many places they wanted to see while their health is still good so they took off. Once they get back, they'll probably head for the southwest. Dad loves the desert and Mom loves the warmth. Miss them? Yeah, a lot. They were so instrumental in helping me when I was younger. Fortunately, we can still talk by phone. She knows about you already. Told her about the boring guy you met. Jeez, I never should have said that. You're not boring. I said the kids might think you are. Speaking of the kids, uh, is there any way I could maybe join you someday? You serious? Absolutely you can. I think some of those boys will love it, though they'll never admit it. You know how kids are. Maybe we can set something up next week or the week after. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, what about you? Where'd you grow up? Alex didn't want to talk about growing up and the town he was in. He had done a lot to suppress his memories of his dysfunctional family and his childhood so he figured if she had been vague, he could request the same courtesy. Ah, uh, you know, I don't know what happened to you but I, too, had a less than great time when I was a kid. My parents were totally screwed up and I was shunned as a result. I'm glad I'm out of there and just like you, I'd prefer not to discuss it. Deal? Deal. 
After several more dances she looked up at him and whispered, You know I like your beard. You keep it well trimmed and stylish. Too bad you've got some gray hairs. I do not. Holly laughed and admitted she was teasing him, and she gave him a big hug to emphasize her point. On the way out the door she held her hand loosely in his and in the car let it rest slightly on his right forearm. They navigated the slippery sidewalk up to her door where they paused, looking at each other in the eye. Had a great time, Holly. Me too. Can we do this again? Sure. Uh, why don't you shoot me some info on your day at the center and I'll try to work in some free time. Since I can easily work outside the office, it's easy for me to get the time off. That's so sweet of you to offer. Good night, Alex. Thank you. She tipped her head up inviting a kiss. He leaned over, dropped his lips to hers and was surprised at how slow and sensuous her kiss was. It seemed to promise the world. Mmm, nice, I'll call. Thanks again. The following Thursday found him walking up the sidewalk to the county rescue house, located in an old school. Holly had warned him to wear casual clothes and even tennis shoes in case the boys wanted to do something in the gym. She introduced him to the entire group and suggested they split into boy and girl groups for the afternoon. There was good-hearted banter as they split, and they took Alex to an old gym which apparently was converted into sleeping quarters when the need arose. Hey, Mr. Alex, you played ball? Wait. My name's Alex and ball? Not for many years. We're supposed to call you Mr. They want us to. Okay, sounds fair. Now I'm going to use the same with you. What's your name? Enrico. Okay, Mr. Enrico. Next. There was laughter as he continued to use the title for each of the boys. They broke into two teams and played a quick basketball game to 21. Everyone was in a good mood and fortunately, he was able to keep up with the boys most of the time. After the game they had some water and sat around in a circle on the gym floor. The questions flew at him. Where are you from? Where do you work? You going to come back? When he told them he worked with computers and programming, they got very attentive. He went on telling them about the basics of programming and how he could design things which might show up in a program someday. They were enthralled but commented they didn't have computers as most of them were homeless or living in extreme poverty. Would you like to have a computer to work on? Yes. You bet. Shit, yeah? Tell you what, guys, let me see what I can do, okay? No promises and I'll have to clear it with the boss. Who's that? Holly? Ah, I don't know, but I'll talk to whoever's in charge and see if we can set something up. Later that evening his phone rang. Hello? They loved you. What? They loved you. They couldn't stop about how cool you were playing hoops with them and talking with them and not down to them. That's what those boys need. Someone to listen and treat them like people and not homeless or poor pieces of trash. Hey, some of those kids are smart. And funny. I enjoyed spending time with them. What was this about computers? Yeah, I wanted to talk with you about that. These kids don't have access to computers outside of school to do their work and I was wondering if we could set something up at the center. You know, a dedicated room which could be monitored and locked but would be available only for the kids. I'm sure Mr. Wilson could authorize the use of the old science lab which has a good lock and bars over the windows but where will we get the computers? I happen to know someone who works at a startup where people upgrade computers almost every six months. We have trouble even getting rid of the old ones, ones which are perfectly functional, but because they aren't the newest of the new, no one wants them anymore. I bet I could get ten or more within a week. That's great. Let me talk to Wilson and get back to you. 
Good. Let me know and I'll start asking at work. They got together on the weekend at his place to look at the piles of computers and accessories. Holly couldn't believe how much equipment had been donated. These were headed for the recycler or the landfill, right? Yep, and now they can be used for another few years at least. My boss was tickled pink and several of my co-workers brought stuff from home. It's going to take me a week or so to sort them all out and make sense of what we can do. I'd like to set them all up when the kids aren't there. During school would be the best time. Great. How about Thursday? You can get it all organized by then? I'm pretty sure, so sure I'm going to stop working on them right now and ask a friend of mine if she'd like to go ice skating. Oh? And who is that? Some curly-headed blonde with a cute smile. Huh. Sounds familiar. You better be meaning me. Of course I am. Interested? Yes. Let me run home and get into some better clothes, and you can pick me up in ten. Okay? Their time on the ice was a blast. Alex had a little trouble getting his skating legs under him, and he marveled at Holly's apparent ease as she skated in circles around him. They had hot chocolate at the kiosk and eventually dumped their skates and wandered around the local streets. She slipped her hand inside his elbow as they walked, something which gave him a distinct thrill. Later that evening, he rolled up his sleeves and worked on the donated computers. He was able to piece together eight working units, a router, a Wi-Fi unit, and two printers. Several days later he dragged all the equipment to the county rescue house and spent several hours building the computer room, hooking up everything up via Wi-Fi and drawing up a mini-class plan. When he arrived on Friday, the kids were all excited to see him. Although he had spent most of his time with the boys, he insisted all the kids join him and Holly for a quick talk. Come on, Mr. Alex, do we have to? Yeah, why? I've got something important to tell you. And it's a fun thing. Interested? Okay. He went on. I've arranged for some equipment for the house here and it's all for you. Computers? Asked an obviously excited boy. Yeah, computers. There was a cheer from all the kids and their excitement was palpable. Now a few rules, okay? These are for you for school, not for screwing around on. No games. No porno. Understand? And they must be shared. You'll need to step back if someone's been waiting too long, Oklahoma? The head honcho here will have the key to the room and when you get here after school, you'll need to get the key from him. Treat these computers and printers with respect. Broken ones may not be able to be replaced. Questions? He led them to the computer room where the kids were all excited and wanting to work on them immediately. They worked out among themselves how they would share them and within minutes, they were all busy learning the ropes. Alex remained in the room to give instructions and help with problems. After two hours he decided the kids were doing well and left to track down Holly. How are they doing? Great. They've all had some exposure at school and just needed a little time to get used to them. I think it will go a long way to helping them with school. You know, Alex, that was about the nicest thing anyone has ever done for these kids. Thank you. As she gave him a big hug of thanks, he whispered in her ear. Boy, all I have to do to get a hug is corral some computers and bring them here? I might look for some more. Oh, silly. She smiled at him. My hugs are a lot cheaper than that. Maybe if you asked me out again I could show you. Consider it done. I'll call you tonight. That evening was one of the nicest he had experienced in years. They were obviously growing closer and he got the distinct impression Holly was very interested in him. He could even sense there might be a physical relationship in the not-too-distant future. After they left the restaurant... 
They strolled along the main drag window shopping, talking and laughing. He found himself enjoying the time with her even though he normally would have gone crazy wasting time walking from window to window. He liked how she kept her hand tucked inside his elbow and leaned up against him at each stop. Once they returned to his car, she whispered to him, Tomorrow's not a school day. Care to invite me over to look at your etchings? She laughed. Sorry, I haven't any, but I do have a nice selection of wine and some decent music. Sounds nice. I'm in. At his place he set up a playlist of mellow jazz tunes, opened a nice bottle of red wine, and invited her to have a seat on the sofa. Once they had toasted each other and taken a few sips, she put her glass down and snuggled up to him. He lowered his lips to hers and began to tease them with tiny nibbles and quick little licks. Apparently unsatisfied with his kisses, she crawled over onto his lap, gently held his head down with her hands and dropped her lips to his. Slow, sexy and sensual kisses quickly told him she indeed was interested. He began wondering if she wanted to sleep with him, or if she was simply exploring so he decided to let her lead the way. After minutes of the most wonderful kisses he had ever experienced, he broke away and looked at her. Are you trying to tell me something? Maybe. She giggled. Care to guess what? I'm wondering if you are interested in visiting my bedroom sometime. Could be, sometime at least. Are you interested in having company? Ah, yeah, maybe. Uh, Holly, look, I'm not into casual sex or friends with benefits. I'm a little old-fashioned, I guess, and I think sex should mean something, something between two close people. If you think we're just friends with benefits, then I'm out. I'm good with that, very good with that. Ah, I have to confess I've, I've not always been the nicest person and I've used people. I've hurt people in the past and I've sworn never to do it again. Yeah? Uh Uh-huh. You see... I did counseling a while back when I was having some issues and she, great gal by the way, she helped me realize the basis of them. She helped me recognize how the things I'd done in the past remained with me, haunted me and contributed to my problems. So, how does that come into play here? I need to be sure the guy, that'd be you, and I are truly into each other, and I'm not just using him, ah, you? I won't pry into what, please don't. That'll have to be my albatross alone. Anyway, I won't pry and, quite honestly, I won't burden you with some of my past. Maybe we can say we're starting fresh, huh? Yeah, let's. So anyway, back to the original question. Are you interested in having my company? Very interested, but I think we've realized tonight may not be the time, not yet, anyway. I agree, but I don't want to wait forever. When might we consider? I've got an idea, kind of a surprise. Give me a few days to see what I can arrange. Sure, but in the meantime... I'm interested in a little making out. You. Absolutely. He answered as he tipped his head toward hers, inviting a kiss. And with full sex off the menu, somehow the kisses were so much more fun. He could enjoy the sensation, the warmth, the teasing and the closeness without the gnawing worries which might otherwise occupy his brain. But there was one thought which drifted through his mind. This was fun and he wanted to do it again and again. Hello? Hey, Trevor, I'm looking to collect on your promise for a week at your family's cabin. You dog! I bet it's with Holly and not any alone time you were talking about. Maybe. How's she in the sack? Trev, I will not discuss the details of my love life. Ah, I knew it. She must be pretty good if you're gonna take her up there for a full week. We're getting pretty close, yeah? You can't get any closer than hiding the salami. Trev, you're a juvenile with arrested development, nothing more. Yeah, you're right. But I'm growing up, man. Oh? Uh Uh-huh. I'm thinking Chrissy might make me an honest man before too long. Really? 
That's great. Yeah, Alex, I could see myself doing the white picket fence in the burbs and even two little rug rats. Wow. Has the earth stopped spinning? Did the Mariners make it to the World Series? No, they'll never make it, not in our lifetime. Anyway, about the cabin, let me talk with my uncle and see what we can do. It should be open for the next several weeks, at least. I'll get back to you, okay? Yeah, thanks. Alex invited Holly out for lunch two days later. It was a nice spring day, warm enough for them to have lunch outside on the restaurant's patio. When they met, she gave him a warm, sexy kiss, a kiss which was long enough to cause one of the other diners to mutter something about too much PDA. After they finished their meal, Alex took her by the hand and led her along the waterfront. After a short distance, he popped his surprise. Ah, uh, honey, I'd like to invite you for a little getaway. Interested? Probably. No, make that a definite yes. What did you have in mind? You remember Trevor, right? Well, he owes me one and offered me, us the use of his family's cabin up in the Cascades. I've never been there but I've seen pics. It's on a nice little lake, pretty isolated with only two other cabins nearby. Hmm, sounds nice. Can you swim in the lake? I think it's nippy this time of the year though they do swim some in late summer. There are some nice trails nearby and if the weather's nice, well... Sitting on the deck is a great way to relax. Ah, uh, anybody else going? I hadn't planned on it. We could if you'd feel safer. God, no. It sounds like a wonderful way to get away from it all and I totally trust you. When can we go? My schedule is totally flexible so it's up to you. We need to go before his family starts going up there in early summer. Quite frankly, they like the idea of us going now since we can help open the place up and get it set for summer. My boss owes me tons of vacation, and we're kinda slow right now so let me ask her. Maybe we can go pretty soon. That'd be great. Why don't you ask for next week or the week after? You can come over this weekend to plan and start packing. Sounds great. Here, I want another kiss but without some yahoo complaining about PDA. The drive up to the cabin was a study in contrasts. Down in the lowlands there was a heavy fog creating a depressing mood in everyone who was sick of winter and longing for summer. The two did not talk much as he drove them up the highway to their turnoff. Soon they were on a winding, two-lane road which climbed quickly through the trees. As they came around the last bend in the road, the fog cleared and bright sun over a small town. On the main street were a few pedestrians and next to what appeared to be the town's diner, there were a few parked cars. Care to grab a bite before we head up to the cabin? From here on, we're on our own. Do they have real coffee? I hope so. Let's see. Inside things were hopping. Dishes clattered, people chatted and laughed, and a wonderful aroma wafted through the air. A frazzled-looking waitress pointed out an empty table telling them she'd be right there. Once they were seated, they glanced at the menu printed on a single sheet of paper. Smells wonderful in here. Could we maybe get more than just coffee? Sure. We could even get some rolls or donuts to go. You choose. They ended up having a light breakfast and ordered half a dozen sugar donuts to go. Back at the car, Alex suggested they put the donuts in the trunk, or he would eat them all before they got to the cabin. We can't have that now, can we? The drive to the cabin was a short fifteen minutes. He turned off the tiny county road and onto a long, rutted driveway through tall trees. Around a final bend, the cabin came into view. There were blooming daffodils along a short sidewalk to the door, and several ornamental trees had the brilliant, bright green leaves of spring. It's gorgeous. They say you need to see the other side, you know, the lake and all. 
It took several trips to get all their gear and food into the cabin, and only then did Alex open the curtains along the floor-to-ceiling lakeside windows. The view was stunning. The lake sparkled in the sunlight, and a few trees by the house framed a stunning view of the mountains in the distance. I know I said it before, but it's still gorgeous. Yeah, pretty nice, huh? How'd they get this place, anyway? It's been in their family for generations, and the neat thing is this will never be developed. They, along with the other two owners around here, have sold their development rights to the national park. They have to maintain the cabins, lawns, and the drives, but let the forest do its thing, you know, leave it alone. At the end of 2049, the park will fully buy the properties and the families have agreed to leave at that time. Wow, so nice. And for the next few days, it's ours, right? Uh Uh-huh. Let's get things organized, grab a bite and maybe we can go for a quick hike. After lunch they walked a couple of miles up an old trail to a beautiful lookout. There they could better see the mountains and look back down at the cabin hundreds of feet below them. As they stood there admiring the view, Holly wrapped her arms around him and gave him a big hug. It's beautiful. Thanks for bringing me. Yeah, pretty nice. Almost nice as the company. Oh, you. Back at the cabin they spent most of the afternoon cleaning and organizing. They aired the place out, scrubbed the kitchen and bathroom, vacuumed and dusted. By dinner time they had the place cleaned and ready for the summer guests. They prepared a quick meal of hamburgers on the newly cleaned grill before sitting down to relax for the evening with a bottle of wine. They've got some old board games. Care to try your luck? he asked. Luck's got nothing to do with it. I challenge you to a winner-take-all game of Monopoly. Oh, prepare to go down. I'm good at Monopoly. Yeah? Well, we'll see. The game lasted for over an hour with her slowly squeezing him for every dime he had. Finally, he conceded to her great delight. Didn't I tell you? Holly's the champ of Monopoly and I get to choose my prize. Oh, what will it be? I choose a night with you in the same bed. Does that mean? That means you and I will get close and see what happens. Okay? Yeah, definitely. Care to shower? You go first, then me. Alex took a quick shower, brushed his teeth and put on clean boxers before going into the master bedroom. Holly took one look at him and whistled softly. You know, you've got quite the bod. You too, I guess, but you'd better get cleaned up quickly or I might fall asleep. Mister. She laughed. If you're asleep when I come out of the bathroom, you're dead meat. Okay, okay, I'll stay awake. When she came through the door twenty minutes later, Alex was struck dumb. She was gorgeous. He had always thought she was attractive but on that night, she was beyond beautiful. She had a rosy glow on her cheeks, a come-hither smile on her lips and she wore a slinky little kimono-like gown which barely covered the good parts. Her nipples stood proud under the thin cloth, teasing and promising and as she moved, the opening and front gate opened a fraction of a second before closing again, teasing him even more. Now the victor in the game has come to claim her prize. Off with the shorts. Alex slowly slid them down his legs, revealing his semi-erect cock. Nice. Decent size, certainly worth a girl's time. She turned off the overhead light leaving a soft bedside lamp as their only source of light. Looking at him in the eye, she gave him a grin and loosened the tiny sash around her waist. Her breasts remained covered but he could see her sexy flat stomach above a tiny landing strip. Like? Yes, very much. To see more, you'll have to get busy. Would a kiss be a good place to start? It'd be a great place. She answered as she sat next to him on the bed. He sat up and gently pulled her to him. He loved kissing her. She had a nice mix of sensuality and teasing to her kisses. 
their lips engaged in the age-old dance of lovers well before their tongues came into play. Before long, he found himself gently rubbing her back with loving strokes of his hands. Her back, lean and firm, gave way to softer swelling as his hands drifted lower over her buttocks. At one point she broke the kisses and whispered in his ear, You can rub up front too. And he did. Through the thin cloth of her robe, he felt the enticing swelling of her breasts and the small, firm nubs of her nipples. But he wanted more. As his right hand slid inside her robe and rubbed her left breast, he realized it was a perfect combination of size and shape, not too big and droopy yet not too small. He pulled back, gently grabbed the robe and slid it down from her shoulders. He couldn't believe his luck. She was gorgeous. He had known all along she was attractive, hell, anyone could see that, but now he realized her figure was a ten, at least in his book. He sat there immobile and staring, his eyes taking in her beauty. You're making me nervous. She giggled. You're making me dumbstruck. Oh, surely you jest. Don't call me Shirley. He chuckled as he approached her for more kisses. After several more minutes of kissing and teasing her nipples, she pulled back and asked. Could we maybe lie down? Sure. Love to. Uh, we didn't discuss protection. I'm clean and on the pill. You. Nope, not on the pill. She giggled and jabbed him in the ribs before he went on. I had myself checked two weeks ago hoping for this to happen and yes, I'm clean too. Goody. Then, kind sir, you are officially invited to have your way with me. After spending time on her lips, Alex slid down to her sexy neck. He had been attracted to it from the first night he met her, and now he was able to explore it with his lips. He could tell she enjoyed it. She sighed and shivered as his kisses explored the tiny hollow areas beneath her ears as well as the soft indentations above her collarbones. When he teased her there, her pulling his head tightly to her told him he had hit paydirt. But he wanted so much more. Those wonderful breasts seemed to be calling him, demanding his attention, so he slowly let his kisses slide down her chest. When he reached her breast, the softer fullness drew him further, drew him closer to her nipple as his hand began to softly stroke the opposite side. God, what's taking you so long? She softly moaned. Anticipation makes it so much better. Up to a point, damn it. Okay, I get the message. He answered knowing full well he was going to continue to tease her at least a little bit more. When his tongue finally dragged across the butted nipple, her moan of satisfaction filled his ears. He began to make love to her nipple with his tongue and lips. He licked. He sucked. He lightly nibbled. He blew softly between kisses. He even dragged his five o'clock shadow lightly across it a few times to her obvious delight. And right as she seemed ready to explode, he quickly slid over to the other side to begin anew. But this time, he didn't tease. He attacked her breast and nipple to bring her closer and closer to release. He could sense her tension building, her back arching, her legs twitching and her irregular breaths catching. Seconds later, her hands gripped his head, pulling him closer to her as she called out in the throes of an obvious orgasm. Her body writhed on the bed beneath him as she screamed nonsensical syllables. He kept attacking her, driving her further along until he realized she began calling out for him to stop. Slowly his tongue and lips eased up, her hands relaxed, and she seemed to collapse back onto the mattress. Once she seemed to catch her breath, she rose up on her elbows and looked him in the eye. You are, you are evil. Evil? Yes, evil. You've set the bar so high I'll never be satisfied again. Oh, I think you will. I take it you enjoyed it? Enjoyed it? Are you nuts? That was the first time I've ever come from nipple play alone and that O was in the top 5% I've ever had. 
Glad you liked it. I owe you big, mister. Just give me a minute or two. I'm in no rush. We've got all week. Several minutes later she reached down to feel his erect cock. She played with the skin, sliding it up and down his shaft below his knob. Like it? Yeah. I'm glad you're not cut. Gives me a little more skin to work with. He lay back down, eyes closed, as he enjoyed the sensations of her stroking him. He became aware of her body shifting next to him, and then over him. When he opened his eyes, she was kneeling over him and slowly bringing herself down on him. Like being on top? Love it. My fave. Let's me be in charge. She wet his tip with her juices and slowly sank onto him with a soft, satisfied sigh. Now I've got you where I want you. Oh, please, ma'am, don't hurt me. He teased. I'll do as I damn well please. She responded as she gyrated her pelvis on his, rubbing herself on his pubis. Alex enjoyed the cowgirl position. He was able to use his hands to rub, tease and stroke her thus giving her more stimulation. He rubbed her nipples to her obvious delight and even reached his middle finger, palm side up, to rub her clit while she gyrated on him. He also enjoyed watching her, watching her breasts sway gently with each stroke and watching her skin develop a mottled, red rash. He was also happy to hear her soft moans of delight, moans which told him she was getting more and more excited. Eventually, she was vigorously rubbing herself on him as she came closer and closer to a climax. And when she did, her screams of release stimulated him even more until he came, thrusting himself up to meet her downward lunges. A few minutes later she rolled off him and lay next to him, her one hand draped across his chest. This has been quite the night. It only makes me wish we'd done this sooner. Maybe. But maybe waiting has made it that much better. Yeah. She smiled at him. I guess you're right. Uh, I'm thirsty. You? Maybe a little. You wait right here and I'll get us some liquid refreshment. I need you to keep your energy up. I've still got some plans for you. After they drank a little water, she looked over at him. I have a little confession. Oh. What? I'm not into any big-time kink, but I don't mind being used, at least a little. Think you'd ever be up for that? Turn over. What? I asked you a question? You don't get to ask questions. You must simply do as I say. No, seriously, I wanted to know if you might be up for. Suddenly, Alex sat up, rolled her over onto her stomach and gave her a brisk, sharp slap on her butt. No more questions. Got it? And remember the word aardvark. Say it and I'll stop. Okay? She nodded meekly but with a tiny grin. Alex had no idea how hard to push things particularly since this was the first they had been together so he decided to go fairly easy on her. On all fours! She pulled herself up as instructed and waited for him. You've been bad, right? No, sir. You have too. I believe you've had more orgasms than I have and that's not allowed. But that... Her response was interrupted by a quick, sharp sweat on her cheeks. Are you arguing with me? No, I'm not arguing, I'm trying to explain that. Alex laid another light sweat on her buttocks, one which was hard enough to feel but he knew it wouldn't sting much. It was a game, after all, and he didn't want to hurt her. Because you're talking back to me, you will be punished. Spread your legs. Once she did, he knelt behind her, gave himself a few quick jerks to make things even harder, and aimed right at her exposed lips. Once he sank into her, she moaned softly. What was that? What, sir? You made a noise. No, sir. I'm sure I heard you. Just for that, I shall have to punish you with five thrusts. 
At the end of five quick strokes, she moaned again. You did it again. Five more. And some swats. He gave her a couple of quick slaps and thrust into her again. She repeated the little fake moans allowing him to repeat his thrusting and light smacks. Again and again, they played this little game until she groaned out loud in the throes of yet another orgasm. Alex could hardly believe it. Out of nowhere she had orgasmed. He redoubled his thrusting, not stopping or slapping, until he too climaxed before pulling out and collapsing next to her. She snuggled up next to him, draped an arm over him and laid little kisses on his cheek. Was kinda fun, she whispered. You liked it? Yeah, I did. Just the right amount of domination and not too much pain. Yeah, was good. You like being dominated? A little, sometimes. But nothing wild or truly painful. I don't know why I brought it up but I'm glad I did. Sure seemed to like it and I'm glad you did. More water? Yeah, thanks. And I need to hit the little girl's room to pee and take out my contacts before I fall asleep. Sure. Uh, no alarms allowed. Got it? I wouldn't dream of it. But is it okay to go down for ice cream in the morning? I would never turn that down. Several minutes later they were curled up together kissing and slowly falling asleep. Right before he lost consciousness, Alex had the fleeting thought this could be the one. And for the first time in his life, the thought didn't alarm or scare him at all. Alex woke up slowly from a wildly erotic dream. In it he was with a gorgeous, curly-haired blonde woman who was peeling his banana. As he slowly came to, he realized his dream was actually happening. He was rock hard and Holly was licking him with long, slow strokes between quick sessions of taking his knob completely in her mouth. Her hand was slowly rubbing up and down on his shaft. It took him a few seconds to realize she was a pro at blowjobs. He couldn't believe how she applied just the right pressure and rhythm. Once he moaned softly, she pulled up and looked him in the eye. Morning, sunshine. Look what I found waiting for me when I woke up. Jesus, Holly, I was having a wild dream and suddenly I woke up and it was you. Good. Now I've got some work to do before we make coffee. She dropped her mouth back down to him and began anew but with more sucking, more pressure, and faster rubbing. It would have taken a man of steel not to come quickly and Alex was no man of steel. When he felt himself rapidly approaching orgasm, he tapped her lightly on her shoulder. She nodded but continued to apply her fantastic skills until he erupted in her mouth. She kept rubbing and sucking until he collapsed back on the bed. After she looked up at him, she asked, Like? Like? God, that was phenomenal. I've got a bit of a gag and can't do deep sucking. No problem. Your mouth on the mushroom and your hand on the shaft, well, it was perfect in every way. Good. Now, I believe coffee is next. Are you sure? I'm more than interested in returning the favor. Don't get me wrong. I'm a great fan of dining at the Y, but right now, I'm in the mood for caffeine. Maybe later? After a couple cups of coffee and a warm breakfast, she collected on his promise. Alex liked going down on women but found going down on Holly was phenomenal. Her juices were sweet and tangy, her pearl was super responsive to his tongue and her moans were music to his ears. After her orgasm, she collapsed back on the bed before curling up next to him. I think I have a good idea how we can spend our time up here. Yeah? Yeah. Sleep, eat, drink, and screw. What else is there? Well, there's the possibility for a little hike now and then. Oh, okay. If you insist. She laughed. But no long ones. I don't want to be too far from this bed for very long. I think I've created a monster. That you have, that you have. 
Several hours later they did get out for another hike before soaking in the hot tub, having a wonderful barbecue meal and heading back to the bed for another evening of fun and games. And that became the pattern for their entire stay. Morning wake-up call, breakfast, another roll in the hay before lunch and some outdoor activities before dinner. They tried to play more board games but he found himself easily distracted by her plunging neckline and her skimpy clothes. On the way back to the city, she was fairly quiet for the first half hour or so. Finally, she cleared her throat and began to speak. Hey, honey, I had a wonderful time. Me, too. This thing we have, uh, what shall we call it? You know, are we girlfriends slash boyfriend or SOs or partners or what? Why is it so important to give it a name? It's not important to me, but it does help convey to others something about us. Yeah, I guess you're right. What do you think? I wish there was something like girlfriend slash boyfriend except for adults. I mean, I'm not a girl anymore. I'm not either, that is I'm not a boy anymore. But so and partner sounds so formal, almost legal. Oh, to hell with it. You're my girlfriend and I'm sticking with it. Okay, boyfriend. Exclusive? Gotta be. No friends with benefits for me. Good. Me neither. She gently kissed her fingertips and placed them on his cheek. Over the next months, they grew closer to each other. They met up at least two or three times a week for dates, having fun or simply being together. And sex was phenomenal. Since he had a larger place, they ended up sleeping together there rather than at her much smaller apartment. Plus, as she pointed out, his bed was a king while hers was a simple double. He was glad to have her over and made room in his closet and dresser for some of her clothes and had a shelf in the bathroom vanity for her girl things. One of the things which pleased them both was getting together with Trevor and Chrissy. He had suddenly become a one-girl guy who was devoted to her. Alex chuckled silently to himself when he watched the former Lothario treat his girlfriend like a queen. Alex enjoyed their double dates and the four of them drew closer. Alex found Chrissy to be a charming gal and it seemed Holly was pleased to be around Trevor. Alex was surprised when Trevor suggested the four of them go up to the cabin together for a week in late summer. After having been up there in the spring, Holly was more than interested in another week. They agreed to carpool together and when they arrived, the weather was glorious. Blue skies with wisps of clouds, warm temperatures and crisp nights which kept the bugs away. They had a good-natured debate as to who got the master bedroom and who had to settle for the second largest room. A rousing game of rock-paper-scissors settled the matter with Trevor and Chrissy getting the master bedroom. But keep the noise down in there, teased Alex. Holly and I will need to get our sleep. Hey, it's vacation. No sleep needed. Well, maybe not, but still. They had a blast. During the days they did some short hikes, lazed in the sun by the lake and even waded in the cold lake waters. Evenings were enjoyable as they shared in the cooking, played silly board games and soaked in the hot tub. On the third evening after the dinner dishes had been put away, Holly pulled Alex out to the deck where they enjoyed watching the coming night from their beach chairs. They loosely held hands as they talked softly about the stars and watched satellites silently slide across the sky. After a brief silent spell, Holly turned to Alex and whispered, Care to skinny dip with me? Are you kidding? It's fucking freezing dot. I guess you're a big pussy then. I'm going in. You're kidding. Uh, watch me. She stood in the near darkness, slowly reached for the hem of her t-shirt and seductively pulled it up, letting her bare breasts jiggle slightly as she took it completely off. Next her hands undid the belt buckle and pulled her jeans to the deck, leaving her in a tiny thong. Still don't think I will? I know you're crazy enough. Yeah, I am. 
The question is if you're crazy, too. She turned away from him and slid the tiny scrap of cloth down her shapely legs and walked towards the water with an extra swaying of her hips. Alex couldn't let her go like that. His manhood was on the line. He stood, quickly peeled off his clothes and went running after the sexy shadow which was nearly invisible in the dark. He reached her right as she approached the small dock. They held hands as they walked out to the end. It's deep enough to dive, isn't it? I think so, but just to be safe, let's jump. Here, hold my hand. On the count of three. One, two, and three. The water was crazy cold. As they came to the surface, Alex sputtered while Holly let out a shriek. Jesus, this is cold. Yeah, but it was your idea. But now we can say we did it. Hey, you two, are you in the water? Called out Trevor. Yeah, and it's fu-fu-fu-fucking freezing. I know. I can't believe you two are in there. Oh, I see your clothes here. You naked? Uh Uh-huh. Well, I might turn on the deck lights. He laughed. Go ahead, perv, answered Holly. I'm not embarrassed. Within another minute, the cold was getting to them both. They climbed up the tiny ladder on the dock and sprinted to the house. Dripping wet and with chattering teeth, they pulled the top off the hot tub and quickly sank in with sighs of contentment. So, honey, that's how it's done. Now we can say we skinny-dipped in the ice-cold lake. Not so bad, was it? No, he chuckled. And the vision of you walking towards the water is burned into my eyeballs forever. Nice. A few seconds later Trevor and Chrissy came out onto the deck carrying plastic glasses and a bottle of wine. Mind if we join you? Sure, but you've got a skinny dip in the lake first. Dems the rules, laughed Holly. You're a perv, giggled Chrissy as she started unbuttoning her top. Before they knew it, both Trevor and Chrissy were buck naked and running towards the water. Loud whoops and cries came up from the lake after the two jumped in. A couple of minutes later they emerged from the dark to the barely lit deck and climbed into the hot tub. Wine was served and the four of them sat in the water keeping warm. Occasionally when getting too hot, one or more of them would sit up on the edge of the tub to cool down before sliding back into the water. As it was nearly completely dark, there were no stairs, no lewd jokes and no erections. It was simply four friends enjoying the hot water and the cool, white wine. When it came time to leave the water, the guys stayed behind while the girls scampered into the cabin. A few minutes later, they reemerged wearing their robes and bringing towels for the guys. Once everyone was dry and the cover was reinstalled on the hot tub, they went inside where they again played a silly board game and drank more wine. As they sat around the game, Chrissy sat across from Alex, and whenever she leaned over to roll the dice, he could see clear down her top. He tried to avoid looking but being male, he was unable to. At one point he glanced to his side to see Holly wiggling her eyebrows at him, letting him know he had been caught red-handed, or red-eyeballed. She gave him a sly grin as she slowly teased the top of her own robe open before leaning over directly in front of Trevor. Alex could tell she was flashing across the board and though he couldn't see anything, he knew Trevor could. Then Chrissy seemed to figure out what was going on. She teased her own robe open more giving Alex a definite clear shot down her robe. This was all done without comment and after the game was finished, the two couples killed the lights and scrambled to bed. Their lovemaking that night was wild. Images of Chrissy's boobs and the knowledge Holly had flashed Trevor seemed to trigger a primal lust in Alex's brain. Shortly after getting into bed, Holly pushed him over onto his back and crawled on top. She wasted no time with foreplay and instead impaled herself on him, quickly establishing a strong rhythm. Alex felt vaguely guilty as images of Chrissy swirled in his brain while Holly rode him hard and fast. At one point, 
she leaned over and huskily whispered in his ear. You liked her boobs, didn't you? What was he supposed to say? He did. He was a guy and guys respond to flashes like he had received. When he didn't answer, Holly whispered again between thrusts. I thought so. No wonder you're so hot tonight. Look, he responded sheepishly. I'm sorry, but I... No, you're not. You got an eyeful and you loved it. It was nice, but... But what? But you're ashamed to have been turned on by her? Right? I guess I... Tell you what. I'll bet you anything old Trevor's getting his rocks off thinking about my boobs right this very minute. Probably. And, to be honest, I got excited flashing him. And right in front of you where you couldn't do a damn thing about it. You like him? He asked with some anxiety. Sure, I like him, but not like that. I don't want to sleep with him, but flashing him got me going. I could barely wait until we got back in here. Looks like we both got turned on. Uh Uh-huh. And from the sounds of things, I kind of think they're having some fun, also. Alex leaned back, started to caress her nipples with one hand while rubbing her but with the other. Holly went faster and deeper until he could tell she was on the verge. He pinched her nipples lightly which seemed to help launch her orgasm. One second, she was groaning and the next, she was shrieking to the rafters. Alex let himself go at that moment and surged beneath her. After she collapsed on him, he gently stroked her back as she caught her breath. Pretty wild, huh? She asked. Yeah. Chrissy turned you on? Yeah, I think it was more the idea of it than actually seeing her tits. Good cause it won't be happening again anytime soon. You. You got turned on flashing Trev? A little, yeah. Seems we both got turned on. She paused a few seconds before going on. But don't think I'm into swapping or threesomes. I'm not. Good, neither am I. It was good for a little stimulation, but I'd never want to go that far. You're too important to me. He gave her a soft, warm kiss to seal the deal, and once she crawled off him, they slipped into a deep slumber. Other than a few embarrassed giggles between Holly and Chrissy the next morning, the episode was quickly forgotten. By the end of the week Alex and Holly were closer than ever. Sex between them was fun, sweet, loving and even spiritual at times. Alex found himself feeling closer and closer to her and even figured she might be the one. She checked a lot of boxes. Attractive, smart, funny, sexually free, sweet. The list went on and on. On the way home, they sat in the back seat of Trevor's car holding hands and though they didn't talk much, a psychic connection seemed to speak far louder than simple words would. Through the fall they continued to spend time together growing closer and closer. The holidays loomed on the horizon and as his family no longer existed and her parents were overseas, they agreed to spend them quietly enjoying each other's company. They had a Friendsgiving with about ten others in November, and for Christmas the two celebrated by having a small tree and simple gift giving. And Alex never knew a New Year's kiss could carry so much promise. It was in late January when everything fell apart. Up until then, most of the time they were together was at his place, and they rarely slept over at her small apartment. But she had insisted on inviting him over for a nice dinner. Bring your appetite for Asian food and an American girl. She had told him with a promising smile. It was a bitterly cold day, but her place was toasty warm and smelled of the exotic spices she was using in the food. Alex helped her in the kitchen, and when the main prep was done, she released him from duty. Putter around a little. Watch the tube or grab a book until I'm finished here. Though he was familiar with her place, he had never gone into the second bedroom which she was using as a home office. There were bookshelves which he wanted to explore along one wall, 
a window overlooking a small green space on the far wall and her computer desk on the third. He wandered in and perused the books until he found one which looked interesting. As he turned to the door with the book in his hand, he saw a small photo in a frame on the far side of the computer, a location one would not see easily from the door. The photo showed a woman and a man on either side of a teenage girl. Each had an arm wrapped around her and all three were beaming at the camera. The girl had stylish glasses and long, blonde, curly hair. Alec's eyes quickly slid over the photo and as he turned towards the door, something deep in his memory rose to the surface. He paused, turned back to the photo and picked it up to examine it closely. The girl looked for all the world like someone from his dark past. He brought the picture even closer, rubbed some dust off the glass and stared at the girl. Susie. Sue. It looked exactly like the girl from his childhood, the one who tormented him throughout his childhood and ruined Valentine's Day time and time again. His stomach clenched, his heart sped up and slight perspiration beaded on his forehead. He put the photo down and stared out the window thinking this couldn't be who he thought it was. What were the odds? Slim to none, that's what. But his eyes were drawn back to the picture once more. Yes, it was Sue. Her glasses back then had been very modern and stylish, and no one else had worn any like hers. Those were the glasses in the photo. And the smile. That smile in the picture was the exact one he had seen dozens if not hundreds of times in the past eleven months. As he put the photo back in its place, he sat at the desk with his mind racing. He had been dating Sue. But her name was now Holly. She had mentioned early on about some issues when she was growing up and kept her past shrouded in secrecy, much like he had. Maybe she had realized what kind of person she had been and wanted to change. Maybe she had done something truly bad and had to hide it. Who knew? But as he sat there, it became obvious to him Holly was the Sue from his childhood. What could he do? What should he do? Could he spend time with her knowing what she had been like? He had fallen for the Holly he knew but he clearly hadn't known her past history. And does a leopard change its spots? Was there still some Sue in the Holly he knew? What he didn't know was he needed some time to think things over if this was really Sue. He stood up, walked into the living room and while staring at Holly's back, he said in a normal conversational voice, Uh, Sue, when's dinner going to be ready? In five minutes, oh shit. She whirled around to face him. What do you mean? Oh shit. Alex, did you just call me Sue? Yes. It's your name, isn't it? Was. 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 I've changed it. My full name was Holly Sue, but during college I changed it to get rid of the Sue. Wait. How do you know about it? The picture in your study. I recognize Sue and I guess those are your parents. How in the hell did you recognize me? My real name is William Alexander, but I go by Alex now. I never use my real first name, just the middle name. Billy? Bill? Uh Uh-huh. That's me. Oh my God! You're Bill? I didn't recognize you. You look so different. Your hair is different, and the beard. And you've put on muscles, too. I guess we both have changed. Did you legally change it like I did? Nope. Still technically William. What are the odds? She asked with a smile which Alex had trouble returning. Pretty low, I guess. Uh, you know, you weren't very nice to me when we were younger. I know and for that I'm terribly, terribly sorry. I, uh, well, here's what happened. After I graduated from high school, I got into trouble that summer. Had a run-in with the police. Yeah? How'd that lead to a name change? Let me tell you the whole story. Kinda messy. Kinda ugly, too. Let's see.
Well, you know I wasn't a nice person when I was younger. Thought the world was all for me. Anyway, the night we graduated, I went to a party. Lots of booze, some pot, too. I got plastered and passed out there. Apparently, my parents were crazy with worry. I never called them and the next day, me and a couple of other girls went to a department store. I, uh, well, I shoplifted some lipstick and got caught. Not a good thing. No, it wasn't. I got hauled down to the police station and when they called my parents, well, they blew up. Nearly didn't come get me. They were so pissed. Anyway, I had to go to court the next week. I was surly and rude to everyone including the judge. Since the video evidence was clear and since I was still only 17, he sentenced me to one week in juvie. I was stupid and sassed him. He got pissed and changed the sentence to three weeks which was all he could do since I was turning 18 in three weeks. Anything beyond that and I'd have to go before a regular court. Okay, so you did your three weeks. Oh, and he told me I had to do 100 hours of community service over the next three months. If I didn't do it, he'd refer me to the regular court. Hmm. The real trouble started when I got home that afternoon. My folks were royally pissed at my behavior, and they sat me down and read me the riot act. Basically, they told me once I did my three weeks, I was to get a job and my college was put on hold for one year. If I didn't straighten up, they'd not help pay for it. Wow. Serious shit. Yeah. I called it my gap year but, in reality, it was a year of punishment. Anyway, while I was in juvie, the lead counselor there took me under her wing. She helped start things and referred me to a great community counselor who I met with for the next year until I went to college. Those two women saved my life, I'm sure. What kind of work did you end up doing? I became a maid in a cheesy hotel downtown. Minimum wage and a rare tip were all I got. I had to pay my folks a certain amount for rent and food, all to teach me the value of a dollar. But the worst of it was cleaning the rooms. People are such pigs. I've had to pick up more condoms from the floors than you can imagine. And cum stain sheets are gross. The toilets were worse still. It was horrible and for over a year I swore to myself I would never, ever be in that situation again. The experience and those counselors changed me. They changed me so much I wanted to create a new me. That's why I did the name change. Hmm. What about the community service? Oh, yeah? That was the best thing to happen in all of this. I volunteered at a homeless shelter and I loved it. Some of those people were so grateful for anything we could help them with. I did a lot of work with the kids and truly connected with them. That's why I still volunteer to this day. It's part of me now. Wow. So that's how Bitch Sue disappeared? Yup, that's how. The counselor agreed a new name and moving to a new area so I could completely get away from my old friends and from my past would be good ideas. Now I don't keep in touch with anyone from home. Only my parents know the real story and know where I am. You get along with them now? Yeah. Great. I'm a new person now and they know it though they still slip up now and then and call me Sue. You sure had me fooled. IDV never figured it out. That does my heart good. But now that I know I'm nervous. Are you truly different? Have you really changed deep down? Yes, I have. I know I was a raging bitch in school and what little I remember of you. Well, yeah, I was totally rotten to you. Yeah, you were. You're sure you've changed, though? Yes, Alex, I have. I came out of it a new girl. A new woman. You see, Holly, I'm glad to hear it, but merely talking about where we grew up, how you treated me and all, well, it's bringing back some pretty bad memories. I know about me, but what else was there? 
My dad disappeared when I wasn't quite twelve and then my mom hit the bottle. I survived only because of my neighbors who became my unofficial parents during high school. That must have been awful. And to think I was so mean to you. God, if I could do it all over again, I'd certainly would do things different. Yeah, but you can't. You can't make the hurt go away. And simply knowing this about you brings up horrible memories about those other things, you know, like my mom and dad. But Alex, I wasn't responsible for them and what they did to you. I was responsible for what I did to you and that was the old Sue. You're talking to the new me, to Holly. I know, I know, but still, how can I ever reconcile the two yous? There's nothing to reconcile. That Sue was then, she's gone and now you're with Holly, a woman who is so in love with you it hurts. And I love, I thought I loved you. Honey, this doesn't change us. I am still the Holly you met at Valentine's. I'm still the Holly you took to the cabin. I'm still your Holly. He plopped into an easy chair and looked forlornly at the floor. She came up to him and knelt on the floor, holding his hands and looking up at him, trying to get him to look her in the eye. After several minutes, he slowly brought his eyes up to hers. I think I, uh, I know I'll need some time to chew on this. I'd better go. Alex, please. Please don't go. Stay here. Let's eat, have a glass of wine and talk about it in more detail. Let's talk about us, the new us. I'm sure you'll see we can still be together. I don't know. Can we? Or will you constantly be a reminder of my horrible youth? You know I love you, don't you? I've never loved anyone like I do you. I ache when you're not here and I am the happiest person on the planet when you are. We fit. We're good together. You sure? Even with this news? Yes, and you know why? I've changed. I've changed hugely since then. But I'm no different now than I was this morning or two nights ago when we had phenomenal sex. No, that's not right. When we made love. There was a deafening silence while she looked up at him. He gave a weary sigh, took in a deep breath and looked down at her. I'd better leave. No. Please. I need to process things. This whole thing brings up so much crap in my life. I don't know how to handle it. I never did any counseling so I need to do some thinking. Are you, are you leaving me? She asked in a plaintive voice. I, uh, I don't know. I do know I need to do some thinking. Alone. Can I call you? Can we maybe make plans to get together in a week or two? Uh, maybe it'd be best you not call me. I'll have to think about it first. Please, Alex, please don't leave me. We can work this out. I love you and if I could do anything to undo the past, I would. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go and I'll get a hold of you sometime. Okay? That's pretty vague. I don't mean to pin you down, but are we talking a few days, weeks, months? Are we still together? I don't know how long. As far as being together, yeah, I guess. I certainly am not planning on looking for someone new. But I, uh, but I need time to process this, okay? I guess it's okay. I hate being left hanging, though. Look, Holly, I'll promise you this. I will let you know as soon as I've had a chance to work this all out in my mind. And maybe I need to call or visit that couple who helped me all those years ago. I could use their wisdom. I hope they'll tell you not to throw us away. She smiled through her tears. They probably won't. Look, I'm going to head out now. Talk to you sometime. Okay? Yes, and please remember, I do love you. She reached around him and gave him a big hug which he gently returned. And he walked out the door to her sobs behind him. After her stunning confession and his abruptly leaving, Alex was tossed about in a sea of bad memories. Sure, 
Holly or Susie or Sue or whatever her name was, had been cruel to him when they were younger, and those multiple episodes of her shamelessly dissing and needling him had hurt. Yes, he knew she had done counseling and was a new person as a result. And no, he had never seen anything in her behavior which had the faintest hint of being the bitch she was while they were growing up. And to be honest, he had hidden his past much like she had. So, it must have been more than that. Slowly over the next few days, he realized much of the pain, if not all of it, was due to the memories of his own traumas, memories which her confession had provoked. His father deserting him when he was at an impressionable age had hurt. Deeply. He had been at an age when he couldn't understand much about adult issues but yet was old enough to recognize rejection. He had felt for years his father had deserted him not knowing it was due to infidelity, drinking and marital strife. And his mother's rapid decline into the battle had left him struggling to survive, forcing him to grow up far more rapidly than a young teenager should have to. The only bright spot had been the neighbors who had pulled him from the brink of outright disaster. And as Alex thought about the entire scenario, he had to admit to himself he had been unfair to Holly. No, he had been an ass. A royal ass. She was a different person and was no longer a mean girl. He had fallen in love with her and had even been planning on eventually marrying her, if she would agree. If he had never seen the picture, he might never have known her deep, dark secret. In the cold light of day, He knew he had hurt the one person in his life who meant the world to him. And he knew he had to make things right. But what could he do? Calling her simply wouldn't cut it. Any contact would have to be in person, that much was for sure. And the question was, how? Should he try to approach her at home? Grovel on her front steps and hope she would let him into her place? What if she had company? What if she was away? Then he wondered about going to her work but that seemed like a crazy and risky idea, too. Then it hit him. How about at the county rescue house? Maybe he could get some of the kids to help him. They liked him and they were clearly crazy about her. How they could help him was a question he still didn't know the answer to, but he'd work on it. All he could hope was her last remarks about loving him were still true. He decided to make his grand gesture on February the 14th. The irony of him approaching her on Valentine's Day did not escape him, but he figured if he was in for a penny, he should be in for a pound. The morning dawned bright and bitterly cold. In an almost perverted way, Alex knew it would help him as more kids would be keeping warm at the rescue house. He had snuck in two days prior and spoken to a few of the older kids, the ringleaders, as it were, and had gotten their support for his plan. And on that afternoon, he knew she was scheduled to spend a few hours with the kids. He made a couple of trips to the rescue house bringing all the necessary supplies along with tons of food, snacks and candy for the kids and their families. By early afternoon, the main meeting room was prepared. There were a few heart-shaped mylar balloons tied to vases of roses and carnations. Red streamers hung from the lights and over the windows and doors. Food was laid out on several tables and soft music played from a portable speaker system. And the most important item of all stood in the middle of the room, a dishwasher shipping box covered with white paper, broad red ribbons and a huge bow. Underneath the bow was a large envelope with Holly written in beautiful script. As the kids filed in, he committed them to absolute secrecy before crawling into the box and letting them tape it shut. As he sat for what seemed like forever crammed in the box, he could hear them joking around him and some of them even claimed to be eating the food though he knew they were saying it to tease him. But what he heard the most was his heart beating loudly in his chest. He was nervous the whole thing would blow up in his face. What if she had decided to move on? No, it was too soon for that. 
What if she was mad at him for leaving her that day? Well, he could only hope she would not go off on him in public. What if she was simply cold to him? That would be the worst outcome of all, and he could only hope it was not the case. But in the back of his mind was the glowing ember of hope she would embrace him and say yes. As his mind raced through all these emotions and worries, he realized the most uncomfortable thing of all was the pressure of the ring box in his pants pocket squeezing on one of his cramping thighs. At one point, he became aware the level of chatter dropping. There were a few twitters and someone said, Okay, everyone quiet. There was the sound of the door opening and the collective shout. Surprise! Happy Valentine's Day! Oh my god, you guys! What's this? It's Valentine's and we all wanted you to know we love you. Thank you, guys. That's so thoughtful. Look at me! Someone, give me a tissue, please. Ah, Miss Holly, don't cry. You're supposed to be happy. I am, I am. This is so sweet. Alex could hear the general chatter from everyone for a few seconds before Holly spoke up again. Hey, wait a second. Who paid for all this? I dunno. It's a secret. Somebody. And what's this? As Alex could tell she was coming closer, his heart pounded even harder. Look at the card, Ms. Holly. Your name's on it. He could hear her, someone, pull the card from the box. What's it say? Yeah, who's it from? I don't know. All it says is I hope this is the best Valentine's gift you will ever have. Guys, who did this? Who knows? Not me. Dunno. Gotta look inside, I guess. Alex was so proud of the kids. They were not giving her a clue but were guiding her to open the box, but to his mind, not soon enough. He was getting pretty damn hot. He wished he had put in a few air holes. His legs were totally cramped, and his thigh was screaming in pain from the ring box. He needed to get out. Who's got scissors? Uh, no, Miss Holly. Don't use scissors, he heard, recognizing one of the older girl's voices. Just pull the tape. He heard the tape being pulled slowly from the top of the box before it opened. All that stood between him and the love of his life was a thin sheet of red crepe packing paper. What could it be? She asked. As she pulled the packing paper away and light flooded his eyes, Alex realized he simply could not stand up. The box was too narrow. His legs were cramped, and his thigh was screaming in pain. He looked up at Holly as she shrieked. Alex! Happy Valentine's Day! Called out the kids once again. Oh my god, Alex! What are you doing there? Hi, uh, I'm kinda stuck here. Could you guys help me? Honey, seriously, what are you doing in there? I'll tell you in a second, but I honestly need help to get out of here. Guys, help me, please. A couple of the boys came over and began to laugh at him. What's the matter, old man? Can't you get up? Seriously, guys, I need help. My legs are cramped, and I can't stand up. While Holly and some of the kids stared down at him, two of the older boys ripped the back of the box. Once it was torn open, he rolled out onto his back and stared up at Holly. You crazy damn fool. What are you doing? First, I'm trying to tell you I'm sorry. I'm sorry about how I treated you when it was all me and my demons I was dealing with. I should have never treated you that way. You're right, you shouldn't be, Alex, but apology accepted. Anything else? He reached into his pocket, pulled out the ring box and said, Yes, there is. Usually, a guy kneels down to propose, but I don't think I can even get into a kneeling position right now, if ever, so lying here like a dead beetle on its back will have to do. Propose? What? Yes, propose. Holly, I love you and I hope you still love me. You nitwit, of course, I still love you.
It's so good to hear you say that. Anyway, I love you and as I lay here looking up at you wondering if I'll ever walk again, I want to ask you a question. If I promise never to do anything so stupid again, will you do me the honor and agree to marry me? Yes. Yes, you silly fool. I will. She cried before he slipped the ring on her finger to the cheers of the surrounding kids, particularly the girls. She knelt at his side and helped him straighten his legs before she lay on top of him, giving him warm, loving kisses. The kisses were the best ever. Kisses of forgiveness and a promise of a life together. He wrapped his arms around her to cries of, You yuck! And, Hey, you too, get a room already! After moving her lips close to his ear, she whispered, Now, getting a room's a fabulous idea. And as you know, I love being on top. It would be pretty obvious if we took off right now. He whispered back. Rain check? Rain check. She hopped up and helped him get to his feet. Fortunately, the cramping subsided and he was able to interact with the kids without difficulty. Everyone stood around having food, soft drinks and Valentine's candy. Some of the older kids challenged him to a game of horse which he graciously lost, being the first one eliminated, to their delight. When it came time to shut things down, he was pleased to see how much the kids helped with the cleanup and how many of them, particularly the girls, went up to Holly to congratulate her. She promised them she was not leaving them, and Alex would be joining her at the center more often. Once his car was packed, the two agreed to go to his place to dump everything and tried to find a restaurant which might still have space on the busiest night of the year. They ended up at Teddy's Burger Shack, something Holly laughingly promised to hold over his head forever. Geez, Alex, with all the planning for the big surprise, I thought you might have planned for dinner, too. I was so nervous you'd say no I didn't even think about dinner. Well, now you know. Now I don't think I'm a prima donna, but next Valentine's I expect a fancy dinner, okay? Okay. So, I'm forgiven? Sure, but just think about it. On the Valentine's night we get engaged, you take me to Teddy's. Han, if you ever try to embarrass me in public, I've got the goods on you. She hooted. Yeah, no shit. Ready to get out of here? I thought you'd never asked that I remember something about getting a room and me being on top, so yeah, let's. They threw their burger wrappers into the trash and walked hand in hand out of the burger joint and into their future. The End This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Visit the other channels for more stories with a different focus. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out.